There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Come on to the rock. Show. Come on to the People's Show. Come on to the Premier Show. Smackdown. It's the 18th of May in the year of our law 2000. Britney Spears, oops, I did it again. There's number one in the UK charts. Gladiator, fully appreciative of the Kurt Angle push on TV these last few weeks. Debuts at number one in the UK box office. But both versions of Bomberman Max are out for the Game Boy Color as every other franchise around this time decided to imitate the idea of Pokemon having two versions of the same game to swap. Uh, if you haven't heard of Bomber Max, then you know exactly how that went down. South Park, Bigger, Longer and Uncut gets released on VHS and every single one of Matthew's friends watched it to death as a kid, but I was not allowed because of the rude words. Oh, what? Your mum banned you? She was, yeah, she was very Christian. Oh, lame. She didn't appreciate Jesus Christ appearing on TV. <laughs> and in the weird news, I'm not sure if you remember this, Tom, uh, David Shaler, former MI5 whistleblower, who had fled from the UK after passing secret documents to the Mail on Sunday, appeared as a guest on Have I Got News For You via satellite from a studio in France. What? I forgot that happened. Such a bizarre TV appearances for people who don't know. Uh, have I Got News For You? Used to be a political show. Now it's just silly buggers. And they'd have various people on. Some politicians, mostly comedians. Used to be about politics. And in the studio, they had this big TV. With this man who was currently on the run in France, David Shaler. And it didn't work at all. Because there's a delay. So Paul Mert would say something. Yes, I think that's very true about uh, Big Ben being a big clock. And then Angus Deaton would carry on. And then David Schiller would go, yeah, yeah, that's right, it is a big clock. <laughs> and so Paul Merton got fed up of this and midway through just went and switched the TV off. <laughs> so a very, very weird, very impactful, very like, wait, 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 he's on the run. He legally can't be in the country for whistleblowing slash uh, treachery, I believe is the technical term. And yet here he is on one of those popular well-watched shows and all of UK TV. That would have been quite edgy for 2000, though. Absolutely. I mean, it's a shame it didn't really work. I mean, to be honest, yeah. if it, in 2020, if all this was going on, he'd have had a podcast by now. 
Like it's, Absolutely. It's, it's, and they would, they would be happy with Daily Chaler on the TV because he would be social distancing, mm-hmm. which wasn't a concept back in the year of our Lord 2000. That it was not, my friend. Exactly not. So, I think it'd be a good idea to get our little time machine pods and head back to the year of our Lord 2000 and catch up on all the crazy wrestling stuff that was happening. Escape into the full world of escapism. Forget all the twaddle and meandering of the politics and people on TVs. Sit back, relax, put the kettle on, and listen to the Cultaholic Classic Smackdown review with myself, Matthew Gregg, socially distancing, and Tom Campbell, also social distancing. Back in isolation station 24601 for this one. It's It's oh. been, um, it, at the time of our recording, It's it's been a bittersweet week in the sense that it's nice to be back working from from home again, but it's a shame to be leaving the office again. You know, it's just as we were sort of getting back into the rigors of, of working Monday to Friday, you know, I was enjoying my walks. I'm, what I am proud of is as a, as, a, as a lazy bugger in all the time between the end of lockdown one and the beginning of lockdown two, lockdown harder, I walked to work and back every day. So I got my exercise in. I'm now just going to just become like a congealed ball of biscuits over the next three months. <laughs> I think as the, as lockdown continues in the United Kingdom, but it's nice to be back in the isolation station. It doesn't really change how we've done stuff since like March, mate. Cause I don't think we've, I'm telling you the last time we sat together and recorded one of these, it was probably back. Was it March? It might have even been before then. It was before you went to Dub X Dub. When you went to WXW, all this started happening. So I think there's a connection. Yes, as I've said to many people, uh, Karen Noir killed wrestling. I so knew it. That's why it was funny seeing him uh, do the representative in the UK House of Lords, etc., etc., about the horrible things happening in modern-day wrestling. Uh, don't worry, folks, it'll be uh, nostalgia goggles soon. Um, <laughs> I'm like, hang on, you're the blame for most of this. <laughs> yeah, you're You're up the, there, you're the mummy's it? curse. Um, <laughs> and before we move on, I'd like to think it's it's amusing to me. Uh, well, for one thing, you said, oh, you know, back back in our houses, eh, Matthew? I was never allowed back in to call all the <laughs> Oh, HQ. that's true, you were, you were shut so out, weren't funny. you? Yes. You were barred. Yeah, uh, Yes, I was. I was. Uh, I am still Anne Frank, and I think it's even funnier to hear you talk about. Well, I'm Tom Campbell, and I'm such a lazy bugger. Tom is and continues to be, even with these horrible conditions. Even when we're reenacting the 1984 film Threads, uh, still continues to be the hardest working man I know. <laughs> But only he would not see that. Only he would say, oh, I'm so lazy, Matthew. I could only manage... I could only put out three videos today. One of my like. I'm slacking. Hey, look, mate, I've only spoken to one MP in the last 12 hours. I oh, need to... I, it's, it's what, what I like is, is that uh, throughout life, it is balance. Ba- balance will get you through. Like, you do a bit of the good, you do a bit of the adult stuff, you do a bit of the non-adult stuff. And it was yesterday a time of recording. Um, you, you can hear the whole thing now. I spoke to Mark Fletcher, MP. He's the co-chair of uh, the all-party parliamentary group uh, for wrestling. And we had a chat about sort of the speaking out movement, rebuilding British wrestling post-COVID. You can hear it at cultaholic.com right now. And uh, as I uh, hung up the phone from chatting to a member of parliament, I went, oh, I need to... 
I've, I've done washing. I've then spoke to an MP. I need to play Sonic the Hedgehog for a couple of hours now. Like, I need the balance. <laughs> Life's about balance for me. And I needed to get that balance. So if we take anything from the, the intro, the preamble of this week's Smackdown review, life is all about balance. Thank you for saying that, Tom. It's good that you spoke to the right honourable MP for wrestling. Um, and it's nice, again, that you're doing this stuff. And you are right, though. Everything... Um, there's a good expression, and it's got my head. So I'll instead quote Scarface, nothing exceeds like excess. <laughs> but you're right, and I think we do need to say some things about what's currently going on in 2020. Uh, given For people who don't know the context, not, not uh, hopefully you know about COVID by now, bloody hell. <laughs> imagine, if, your, imagine if you oh, didn't. No. <laughs> imagine if you didn't. Like, I, that'd be amazing. Somebody steps out of the house and goes, oh, why have, why have people got masks on? That's a bit weird. And it's just, just some, some shut-in who's just completely, oh, what, what's a COVID? Oh, I'd, I'd, I'd love to be them. I'd love to be them. Oh, Kanye West must be wearing masks. <laughs> yeah. It must be the trend now with these kids. It's funny you say that, though, about being unaware. Uh, let's quickly say, oh, I'm not sure if I said on the previous podcast, like... I think we talk about uh, family members or something. Uh, my nana has had to <laughs> have the idea of a lockdown explained to her multiple times by my dad. But every time, she's either taken the mick or she's... I don't, know, I don't know why. Sometimes people just want to do stuff to annoy people. She does ask me, so where have you been? Who have you seen? And I'm like... <laughs> nana. <laughs> you know there was a lockdown before. Uh -huh. There's an even bigger lockdown now. Uh -huh. And you are technically part of it. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 been up to much? Uh, uh, sod and all, Nana. Oh. <laughs> Why is that then? Oh my, Ari. she's she's pulling uh, your leg. She's yeah. pulling your leg, mate. She's got a little voodoo doll of me at home, and all she does is pull the leg. <laughs> We've all got one of them, mate. Yeah. Oh, well, she can have it. My leg's currently doing bugger all at the minute. So, uh, but you know what? We'll go look at the positives, as you said. I, Tom asked me before this, how are you doing, mate? And I said, crap. And he went, oh, why is that? Because no, 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 we'll talk about that later on. I enjoy doing these with Tom. <laughs> this is an outlet for me. I enjoy talking about the crap. And it's also the fact that the, the feedback we get from people for this is just It's in the tens, mate. <laughs> yeah, but those tens, Tom. Thank you for your their, tens. Their feedback, their feedback is all... Tens. <laughs> so it's like, all right, great. Be like, yeah, I love the stupid bloody test jokes and bulldog. Well, not anymore. But, you know, all those stupid crap. Um, you and Tom sound like you really get along and you're really friendly. And I'm like, Christ, we are. Like, That's because we are. <laughs> yeah. Tom isn't good at impressions. Um, he, you know, I believe him when he, he says that we are getting along. And hopefully you believe me as well. Mr. Monotone Mafu. I like, I like Tom. Who says you're monotone? I don't know, just in case people thought that. Like, Lan <laughs> like Lance Storm. I met Tom Campbell once. He was a nice man. I want Smackdown Review Podcast um, merch at some point. I need a T-shirt that just says, Steph, I think it needs to happen. If there's enough people that want one. <laughs> Besiege Adam Pachisi. <laughs> Steph. It just says Steph on the front, dot, dot, dot. And on the back, it's just, you know... <laughs> I can't get past the title screen of Battletoads, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> oh, imagine if Andrew Martin was still with us. He could have been a Twitch streamer by now, and we could have been making these jokes in real time as he's... <laughs> As he's trying to play like, here I am, welcome to my stream. Today, we're playing Glover. <laughs> I used to wear a glove when I was over. <laughs> 
because, by the way, it just it keeps uh, on getting PTSD from things that happen in events. <laughs> oh, all right. So, as as Mario, I grab Bowser's tail and give him a giant swing. Swing. I remember when Prince Albert used to give me a giant swing <laughs> when I was over. And now it's over. When I was twenty-three. <laughs> I stunk up the joint at WrestleMania 16. <laughs> it was a very bad match. A very bad match. Indeed. That's a... Oh, gosh. Okay. We it. came last in the polls. <laughs> and no... Moves, bars were holds. Oh, yeah, 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 there we go. Poor effort. Poor effort. By the way... If you hear me cough and blow my nose during this show, I'd like to reassure you listening that I'm all right. Uh, I, it's not a 2319. It's uh, it's I, I thought it was last week when I started getting a bit poorly. And I ended up booking in a COVID test on the Sunday morning and got one, got it checked. And I said, I won't return to the office until I've got my results back. And uh, on the Monday afternoon, it said, you haven't got COVID-19. You've just got a cold, you spanner. That's what the text said. So I was like, oh, brilliant. Excellent. So go back to work on the Wednesday, literally to only bring all my equipment back with me on the night <laughs> because back to the isolation station we go. So just, just in case you hear me you coughing, for... just in case you hear me coughing at some point, it's not, it's not a covid thing, just to warn you. Yeah, I know a number of bunch of smokers, and it's very good that you were able to get that test and uh, you properly do what you're supposed to do, Tom. Thank you very much. You're better than wrestlers. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, my, my smoker friends have all had to, like, their biggest concern right now is they cough and everyone looks at them. It's like, no, 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 I'm, I just smoke bad. I smoke <laughs> just 10 a, a day. a smoker. Yeah, and I got worried a bit because one of the symptoms is, you know, lack of taste. Right, well, I've always suffered from that. <laughs> I am not a fussy eater, as they say. <laughs> hey! Anyway. Anybody that listens to this podcast, uh, may, you may want to get checked for COVID because you have a lack of taste. Oh, that's good. Anyway, on with the anyway. show. Let's go, mate. Yeah, after, after the twiddle-twaddle of what was occurring in the year 2000 and you know David Shaler gets a mention for the first time since <laughs> the year 2000 the other bit of the show we like to segue into is giving a, an idea setting the mise-en-scene for what was happening in the world of wrestling Tom well the Brian Pillman memorial show is coming up um, not oh, long to go one. until this week it's, a, it's, a, it's a, apparently a, a two-show event. So there's an indie show happening on the 25th of May in Cincinnati at 5.30. And that features... And just some of the names in this who went on to become things, like Rico Constantino in the opening match, who went on to become mm. Rico from off of Billy and Chuck. Uh, Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare on this card as well, uh, as well as Shark Boy, Jamie Sand from the Young Dragons, and Flash Flanagan and Matt Stryker. One of the match strikers, because there's two, isn't there, in the wrestling there world? Is. There was two at this point. Uh, on the main show, it was a bit of a, a bit of a mixed bag of uh, WWF, WCW, and ECW wrestlers. I loved the Brian Pillman Memorial Show because it, it brings together people from different promotions. So we had like Cody Michaels and Terry Taylor. 
in a bit of a legend type affair. Uh, Tom Pritchard versus Tim Horner. But then we have some dubsy dub action. Ron and Don Harris versus Vampiro and David Flair. Oh, Dimitri Younger, the Cincinnati Reds, is the ref in that one. Uh, Billy Kidman takes on Chris Candido. D'Lo Brown taking on Road Dog to kick off the WWF portion of the night. Dean Malenko versus Perry Satin versus Eddie Guerrero. It happens as a triple threat match. Uh, D- oh, Shane Douglas versus an as yet unnamed opponent. The rumor is it'll be Ric Flair. And oh, they had started a thing, hadn't they, at this point in Dubsy Dub? <laughs> R- rumor caused by Shane Douglas. Yes. This rumor was started by a caller called Dane Douglas. <laughs> uh, Just Incredible defend. Uh, Just Incredible faced Raven for the ECW title. And in the main event, must have been a wrestling clinic, if I remember it correctly, Chris Benoit versus Stephen Regal. Now, the reason I wanted to bring that up is because there was a lot of talk about what Regal will do next at this point. But he has this match against Chris Benoit, which I I seem to believe lands him the job in WWF again. Yeah, it's generally considered to be the thing that proved that he could go, that he was clean, and yeah, it's what got the attention of them. Coincidental timing, I realised that like, Bulldog's basically out the door, and then this ha- match happens with Steven Regal, the Brian Pillman shows, ah, oh, it's all coming together now. Everything's falling into place. Yeah, all the pieces of the jigsaw are in the jigsaw. Uh, David Arquette yes. is donating all of his money from WCW to uh, the families of Brian Pillman, Brian Hildebrand, and Darren Drozdoff. I also want to give that a mention because that came out this week, which is this is David Arquette as WCW champion uh, for the briefest of times. All the money he made from WCW, it went to the families of, uh, of notable people in the wrestling world. Uh, also, three days uh, following the Brian Pillman Memorial Show, we had Atsushi um, Anita facing Terry Funk in an explosive barbed wire match. <laughs> In 2000, uh, it's, it, this was a long talked about match that Combat Zone Wrestling was going to be promoting. Oh, right. I, I was like, wait a minute, in 2000? Yeah. No, you're wrong there. Oh, the CZW show. Oh, take yeah, it away, Tom. That was the one. <laughs> That's the one, baby. Um, Yokozuna's back. Is he? Yes, he is indeed, Matthew Gruggles. He worked a six-man tag along with Just Incredible uh, in Meridian, Connecticut on the 12th of May for Millennium Wrestling Association. Reports are, according to David Meltzer, he looked slightly larger than his WWF days, which is really scary. If that guy could have only managed his weight, he could have been a really wealthy man by now. The only thing he did in the match was one leg drop. Credible, who teamed with him, got a huge pop, bigger than... Yokozuna got more people love Just Incredible than Yoko at this point well the year of our law 2000 yeah uh, Yokozuna hadn't been on TV since 96 I want to say yeah it's been a while yeah four years is a long time in wrestling mm. I thought he might have, there might have been enough residual love for Yoko but apparently not apparently not but you know why why because he's not just the best and he's not just the coolest, <laughs> but he is just incredible. Just in a minute, I'll take you to your seat. Yeah, uh, ju- and, uh, <laughs> and he was teaming up with just insatiable. <laughs> just indecisive as to whether to have a McDonald's or a KFC, I'll have both. Uh, ECW <laughs> versus XPW. 
is happening in the law courts. So ECW has filed in federal court of New York against both Rob Black and Terry Brunk Sabu uh, for, um, let's see, Black was sued uh, for, oh, tortious? I'm not really good with the English language. Torturous interference of a contract uh, while using Sabu. He was under contract for ECW. Also for copyright That sounds like wrestling language. Tortuous. It, it does, doesn't it? It does. So wow. basically, the, the, the crux of it is Rob Black um, was using the word extreme for his shows, which Paul Heyman spat his dummy out about. And then he was booking Sabu for XPW shows when he was under contract for ECW. Uh, he was also sued for breach of contract. So there is, there's stuff going on between ECW and XPW. I do believe this ends up falling out onto pay-per-view where the XPW lads turn up at an ECW pay-per-view. It would. There were so many little stories to come out of XPW. The ECW trademark thing is, I don't know where that went, but... Heyman had a tendency to file lawsuits that he's assumed that people would bow down to and go, all right, well, I don't get involved or spend all this money, so they just stop. Uh, that's what WCW did on many of occasions, according to Eric Bischoff. XBW had a lot of money because of Rob Black's uh, porn career. So I'm interested to see where that went because all it would required for Rob Black was to go, all right, then we'll take you to court. And Heyman probably got, uh, you know what, you can keep Sabu. <laughs> he was all so talk, wasn't he? He, he, he had the gift of the gab and the ability to swerve, but, you know, all it needed was, you know, someone to ask him to his face. All right. All right, then. Takes the call. How much is that? Call his bluff. Uh, more than we have in the bank account. <laughs> if we sold all the wrestlers for glue, we still wouldn't have enough. <laughs> you know what? Let's call it a draw. You keep BCW and we'll get Sabu back. And according to USA Today, uh, there is some considerations from Hollywood of remaking Conan the Barbarian and casting Dwayne The Rock Johnson as the new Conan. Uh, obviously, this is the movie that put Arnie in the spotlight, so I'm sure The Rock would have been, in the year of our Lord 2000, really up for getting involved in Conan the Barbarian. Imagine The Rock taking on a Hollywood career. That'd be silly. It'd be silly, wouldn't it? It'd be ridiculous. And this UPN are doing a Conan the Barbarian thing with uh, the guy from Third Rock from the Sun and the villain could be Shasta McNasty. Uh, I do not see that happening. I love that. The guy from the Third Rock from the Sun. I knew. <laughs> like he didn't do anything else apart from that. <laughs> Sorry, John. Go. But going back to one thing there, you'd listen off and I was very surprised to hear one of those names about the Brian Pillman Memorial Show of 2000. Tim Horner defeated Dr. Tom Pritchard. Mm. That's very amusing to me. Uh, I know he's a controversial figure amongst many people nowadays and probably will continue to be, but have you ever heard Jim Cornette's 20-minute rant about Tim Horner? No, please share. <laughs> it's one of my favourite things to listen to when I'm needing a bit of uh, serotonin. But it, it, he explains, as only Jim Cornette can, you know, it's like Wolfgang Amadeus, you know, composing sometimes. He's getting, he gets himself going. About all the things that Tim Horner did in Smoky Mountain Wrestling to mess with Jim Cornette and Smoky Mountain Wrestling. And it, it goes on for quite a bit. But, like, Tim Horner managed to convince Cornette that he needed a fax machine in 95. It was very expensive. Um, his girlfriend should have an office. Uh, for doing the work and Cornette was going well the work she's doing could be done from home yeah I know but I think if she was working from an office she'd be more motivated and Cornette's like well that's what the money's for but Cornette gave in and then you had to fire 
He's like, well, Cornette, you, haven't, you, you owe me money. Yeah, you haven't paid me in a few weeks. He goes, no, you owe me money. You've been taken from me for several years. <laughs> anyway, I can't do it justice, but I, I, again, it, it, there's many reasons for disliking Cornette. I know, I'm not being ignorant here, but this rant, oh, if you like rants, and I'm a person, I'm a ranter. Please listen to that. <laughs> we'll move on. He's, a, he's good fun for a rant, is, is, uh, is old Cornette. <laughs> Honestly, it's a shame that he's turned into one of these people that reacts to the uh, the current news going on in wrestling and just says, oh, I don't like this guy and whatever. Especially, as I've said many times, he's turned into, you know, Kentucky Iron Sheik. You know, what do you think of, insert popular wrestler here, ah, outlaw, mud, Joe, BS and all this when he could be doing what he used to be doing, which is giving these great, uh, insightful, uh, detailed breakdowns of stuff like Smoky Mountain Wrestling, uh, JCP, and all these other promotions. But anyway, I, I'm going off the rails now, and I do apologize, but please, he's not sponsoring me or anything, but go to YouTube, Tim Horner, Jim Cornette, and just listen to it. Exactly. Oh, after you've listened to this podcast, obviously. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, get it in the right order. So anyway, that's all the news I had for this particular week in the year of our Lord 2000. So I am now going to hand over the reins to you to talk us through this week's Witty Woo episode of SmackDown. Yeah, before that, though, I was trying to think. Rock didn't do Conan, did he? He did Hercules. He did Heracles, yes. <laughs> Hercules. That's right. Her- Hercules. Because I remember watching it, and you know a film doesn't really leave a good impression on you when you're like, wait, was that film Conan? Was that... Was that Gilgamesh, The Forgotten One? No, that was Tom's first podcast for Cultaholic. Um, was, oh, it was, yeah, it was Hercules. That wasn't Hercules at all. So I feel that that Conan... Oh, God, someone said Conan O'Brien. The Conan O'Brien film starring The Rock or any other wrestler we can get in, maybe even Triple H, rumours been going around for a while. But that doesn't mean anything. But The Rock doing films does mean something, as we'll get to. We are 72, out, oh Christ, 72 <laughs> hours away from Judgment Day. But more importantly than Aren't that... Are we all? <laughs> Are we all, There is no dramatic recap of Monday Night Raw. So it's a very sad, witty-wee, witty-woo. <laughs> I like the idea of it being a sad, witty-wee, witty-woo. No recap. Okay. Witty-woo, 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 witty-woo. Witty woo, witty wee, oh woe is me. <laughs> was there no raw on? Was there no rock on raw this past week? Is that why there's no thinking. recap again? <laughs> That's like it's very suspicious by the. the wait, 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 where was the? Where, where was Monday Night Rock? Just shut up, shut up. <laughs> I think Judgment you might have actually. Now, now think about it. We'll find out as the episode goes on. We certainly will. We can't give all the secrets away. All people mm-hmm. click the cross of the corner. The Triple H McMahon family regime start the show. And we're also in the Joe Lewis Arena in Detroit, for those that care about that type of thing. Stephanie says Jericho will regret saying her very name in the feud that's just going to go and go and go and go. <laughs> Tonight, IC champion Chris Benoit and the, quote, hard-hitting hardcore Holly will make Jericho scream as they take on Jericho and a partner of his choosing tonight. Mm. Shame at man isn't in the best condition as the commentators explained he bounced off the titan tron on raw explained as casual as he took an irish whip uh, he's a man so he's still taking on big show at judgment day crowd chants shane's a pussy and we get a clip of this i'm not sure if you remember this before seeing the episode uh tom i'd forgotten about it and suddenly all these memories came back it's insane big show 
picks up Shane, throws him into the air, like a United Airlines person thrown in the luggage in the in the back of the plane. Shane just throws him up into not necessarily the Titantron, but the WWF.com bit of the Titantron. His back of the head hits that, and then he just bumps on the floor from a good seven foot. It was a hell of a hell of a throw, was it not? Absolutely, you know. I hope to see this as the Lugs concussion of the night. <laughs> For your feet, but not your head. Good luck with that. <laughs> Lugs, they can take you where you're going, but you don't know where that is. <laughs> Shane is fired up from CTE, and he wants Big Show tonight. Or as early as convenience. Triple H fires up the replay machine. It shows The Rock putting Triple H through a table to end Monday Night Raw. The crowd loves it, but Triple H complains that the crowd are enjoying his anguish far too much. <laughs> crowd chants asshole, so he stops, waits for them to finish, and goes, seeing as I was interrupted, I'll start again to big booze. <laughs> I like that. Triple H explains, there will be no sudden death if it goes to a draw, The Rock will retain. Yeah, suck it, WrestleMania 12. But Triple H is only doing that because he's the game and he's that damn good. There's something weird about uh, a heel stacking the odds against himself. Like, it's, it just yeah. feels to me like, like Triple H... Triple H as a heel is desperate to kind of... And even now, like, he's doing it. And it would take him years to figure it out. Desperate to get over as the cool heel who, like, people respect. And it doesn't click for a long time. But he... And I think it's partly because he really forces it. The whole thing of, like, him overcoming odds on episodes of SmackDown, like that night where he fought all five members of the six-pack challenge of the same night. Doing stuff like this where it's like, hey, Rock, if I can't beat you, then I don't deserve the belt. All this. It's like, come on, you're a heel. You should surely be stacking the deck against the Rock in the Iron Man match by going, if it's a... Don't even acknowledge the overtime thing. Just deal with it if it comes to it. It just... It just made me... It is interesting how Triple H is desperate to get himself over as the cool heel here. You're right, and in a way it's similar to what would happen later on where no one could look better than Triple H. But at the same time, I can see where he's going. If Triple H has spent all this time, and to be the entire company has spent this time and effort getting Triple H at this level, and he's lost the title, albeit with Steve Austin coming in, chair shot, and et cetera, et cetera, it would make sense to like, no, no, come on, we're not just going to have him throw down the card. Let's... You know, let's have the Iron Man match and have him still, like, get some of his uh, rep back. So I can kind of see where he's going here. And, again, remind everybody, Triple H in the year 2000 was awesome. So I'm all right with him keeping him looking strong rather than, you know, hey, how about we have Triple H lose the next month and then the next month? And he's like, he's like oh, no, 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 I've seen, how this, I've seen how this book ends. I've read the chapters. No, 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 no. How about I do this where I beat The Rock? And I beat The Rock with no advantages. I beat The Rock where he can't retain if there's a draw. I beat The Rock and I shake his hand. I take The Rock out for a Sunday dinner after Iron Man match. Because I'm the biggest heel in wrestling. Yeah, Rock, maybe got a if you could beat me, I'm going to take you to Weatherspoons. And the first round is on me. And I'll buy it on the app so we can go get a table quickly. <laughs> But so no, because we're all sitting at tables in the future because of I'm sleepy today, mate. I'm struggling. 
Triple H, wake up. Wake up, Triple H. I've been serving my energy for Judgment Day. I had that dream again. What, were you bought a Japanese... <laughs> that one where you bought a Japanese wrestling promotion? No! Uh... Oh, all right, we'll get on it. <laughs> That's the best thing you've ever said in Cobble. I'm glad he's been a shirt. It's the best line Screw I've ever the... had. Screw test. <laughs> oh, wait, oh, wait, Triple H already did. And... Oh. I'm just thinking that you, you, you say it's, a, it's weird how everyone's being evil but Triple H is doing this has there ever been an example of that in wrestling where there's a group of them all standing around like the NWO going yeah you suck we're gonna beat you yeah we're the best yeah and then one of them's like you know what I really appreciated the help you gave me last, guy, last week opponents uh, you're a hell of an athlete and I respect you and they just carry on everyone else is like you suck opponent I'm sure there must have been <laughs> I'm sure just really there polite. must have been <laughs> I'm gonna have to think about that. I think that should be a new gimmick. Anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm down now for it's, that. No, now I'm lost in thought. But now it's Vince McMahon time, and he starts talking about his wonderful, benevolent wife, restating Steve Austin for backlash, and then his stunning, benevolent wife restating Mick Foley for WrestleMania, and now the stunning, quivering whim has now reinstated HBK as a referee for Judgment Day. Mitzvah Man is forced to think about Linda's mental state due to HBK's, shall we say, volatile past. It seems to Vince the only way Rock could get a win this Sunday is if he made a deal with the devil, and Vince has it on good authority that he's busy. Ah. Anyway, tonight it's a lumberjack match. No, 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 wait. A lumberjack handicap match. No, 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 wait. A lumberjack handicap tables match between the Dudleys and The Rock. And that gets the crowd to boo heavily after cheering the gimmick match announcements. <laughs> Suckers. Life sucks, shame on the... and then you die. <laughs> a shame on the crowd for not popping when Vince did the line about the devil. I thought that was great. That's a good but line. Apart from I, that, yeah, they just, just, just missed that one completely, didn't they? Just a bunch of silly sods. But no, <laughs> I liked, uh, again, Triple H being the nicest bad guy ever. I like this. I liked all the segment. Uh, I think everyone played their part well. Shane's an idiot. Steph's a... Well, you know, Chris Jericho said it. And Vince is just Vince. And that's all I wanted from today's show. What did you want? I thought it was fine. Um, I remember... I go back to when I watched these as a kid and how whenever the McMahon Helmsies came out, I was like, God, them again. Like, it yeah. was just a drag to see them out every time. I watched some of these back, and I actually enjoy some of the uh, the, the nuancedness of these promos on the odd occasion. But this wasn't as good as last week's Life Suction and You Die type promo. This just sets up a SmackDown for a series of uh, matches, but in a long-winded way. I don't know if Triple H... I've said my piece on Triple H, but uh, this wasn't as good as last week's McMahon Helmsley lecture. I preferred last week's to this one. Yeah, Vince was on the good stuff last week. <laughs> anyway, backstage, Crash Holly nervously knocks on the APA's door for a sign that says, still, still, still under construction. And when they let him in, they yell at him for leaving the door open, so he has to shut it. And the camera pans back to reveal it is just a door frame. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. I love the Wonderful. APA office. It's so funny. It's just, hey, none of the commentators are yelling, hey, there's no wall there. You know, every, no one says anything. Just let it play out. And ah, oh, sorry, just it's just the little things. Isn't they're it? just letting things breathe. They will never. They're not very good at that in this day and age. They're not looking no. at letting stuff breathe. 
They're like hitting us with the sledgehammer of obviousness. Yeah. It's like the sword of Damascus, but not as good. Uh, Crash is still defending the belt 24-7, but he just needs an hour's rest from getting attacked by women. We don't know that feeling. So he gives the APA a wad of cash and he curls up to sleep in the corner. Aww. Adorable. We'll come back to that later on. Scott Duhotty is here in the ring and he's presented by Snowball.com with absolutely no explanation of what the hell that is exactly. RC Edge, Power Cola and Metaform. Radio edit. No, no, it won't. No, it won't. We don't know what Metaform is. We know it's illegal now. No, it won't. Why is this in the network? Edit. And he's against... Kurt Angle, what a way to start off the show. Kurt Angle reminds us that he was there in the Olympics and he thought he'd seen every move there was. But now he's seen a move that makes the stink face look like a German suplex. The worm. It's not a legal wrestler move. Hell, if Kurt Angle had used that in the 96 Olympics, then the USA would have finished behind Guam. <laughs> and none of the crowd would have had an Olympic hero to look up to, and they'd be forced to cheer for the Detroit Tigers. Crowd, boo. Sports team, boo. I've just typed here, Kurt Angle, I love you. God, he was good here, this man talked. Oh, just every... So, in contrast to the McMahon-Helmsy regime, whenever Angle comes out to talk, he's always got something really cool to say. He does. It makes it look so easy. The completely oblivious, egotistical dude who's just like, I'm, I'm a good guy. I'm an Olympic hero. <laughs> He's brilliant like that. He's so good. Yeah. Scotty is able to hang with Angle, and Kurt's nice enough to sell a post to the groin and a missile dropkick for two. And watching these SmackDowns back has made me appreciate how good Scotty was in a singles match. Uh, not necessarily going to bring up a bad opponent to a good match, but definitely going to hang with a great opponent. That makes sense. He lands the face buster and the crazy face to pump up the crowd. Might just land the worm. Angle, however, heads outside to get a breather because he's an Olympic hero. And by the time Hottie throws him back in, Kurt recovered enough to reverse a victory roll and get the win with a proper wrestling move. So still looks credible, even though he had the worm hit on him. Loved everything about this, Tom. What about you? Uh, great match. I, it's just nice to see Kurt Angle. Like, Kurt Angle already feels like a bit of a vet at this point, which mm. is amazing. But the, the one thing that irked me was how commentators were like, hey, Scotty Zuhati, he's not a wrestler. He's not a great wrestler. Well, he is. And he spent a couple of months proving it in the light heavyweight division. Like, he can go as a wrestler. He's not just the, he's just not just the worm. There's more to him than that. Commentators pushed that quite a bit. But it's good to see him hanging in there with Kurt Angle. Like, these two had really nice chemistry. Absolutely, and you're right. As, as I've typed that, and you've reminded me, it's very hard, even in 2000 when he's got hair and everything, to unsee Kurt Angle that we know today. You're right. Scott Duhotty was the veteran in this match. Mm. So that's why I even put, it was nice of Kurt Angle to sell for Scotty. I'm like, <laughs> um, what? I'm, I'm pretty sure Kurt Angle will be like, you know, shaking Scott Duhotty's hand backstage for the great match at this point. That, what am I on about? It's nice of Angle to sell for Scotty. He's like, no, Matthew. For that young whippersnapper, <laughs> Scott Taylor. Yeah. But that says it's a lot about... Scotty's smoked a cigar in the back, go, get up, you, get up, you greenhorn. It says a lot, doesn't it, about 
about age in wrestling and how you'll get some people say, oh, so-and-so is too old. And I don't think it matters in terms of how old you are. It's more in terms of so how old you are on television. While Scott Taylor has been around forever, he is essentially the veteran. Scotty Too Hotty hasn't been around for very long, so he's the young upstart. Whereas you've got someone like Kurt Angle, who has been on TV for about seven or eight months now and has established himself so well that he does feel like the veteran in this picture. You know, it's all about... TV age, you know, you get someone like Shane Thorne who's been on TV loads, but Slapjack is brand new. Oh, so he, he's the he's the chirpy up and cover. <laughs> oh, I started agreeing with you, and then you went off somewhere. And then I went and talked about retribution. It, you ended up the same place Thelma and Louise ended up. So <laughs> oh. move on. <laughs> Backstage, Crash Holly is snoring. That's the update. But Sponsored this will by lead Metaform. to a big thing. Oh, it will, it will. A big moment. It will. And for once, it's not Fabulous Moolah. <laughs> anyway. China is here with her bazooka. That'll wake up, Crash. And the commentators are as surprised as anyone else. She announces that there will not be a triple threat match at Judgment Day for the European title. Instead, the winner of the following match will get Eddie in a singles match. Huh. The first competitor has the ability to hunt both birds and squirrels at the same time. And uh, be- when that line dies in its arse, China then goes, because he's bong-eyed. <laughs> I wish she'd said, because he's bong-eyed. Oh, yeah, she'd actually say, <laughs> yeah, that's my phrase. Because he's boss-eyed, lads. I didn't boss-eyed. mind the joke. I thought the joke was quite funny. It's just the fact that Carl is like, uh, Perry Sutton. Lola then rags on his eyes, and I'm beginning to understand why Perry didn't get a serious push that we talk about every single episode. And his opponent is the light, 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 light heavyweight champion, Mr. Personality. Please keep awake for Dean Malenko. <laughs> That's her words. And also, special guest referee is your European champion, Eddie Guerrero. Michael Cole. So what's going on here, King? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Christ Michael Cole. And this is straight out of No Mercy 64 to guest referee match. There are no set requirements to clear this match. Whomever you make win, the story will differ. Anyway, Malenko and Saturn try doing a bit of the proper graps, but the crowd chant boring to try to edit off the thing, but that will happen if you have a guy who is a grappler in this period of time, and you do have China point out that he is boring. Uh, it's a shame, isn't it, that he's such a great wrestler, but they're just like, no, he's just dull. That's all that matters. He's dull. He's WWF never quite... I mean, they're better now than they used to be, but they don't know how to book people who are just great wrestlers, it seems. This is the personality era. You know, after we've had Kurt Angle, the wacky Olympian, Mr. Worm, and all the corporation, and we have Dean Malenko come out, it also doesn't help that no one cares about the dying breath of the radicals, and why would they? Yeah. Uh, anyway, Perry won't stop punching Dino in the corner and pushes special guest referee Eddie away when he tries to stop him because he's a dumb dumb. Dino then nails Perry with the light heavyweight, excuse me, title right in front of Eddie because he's a dumb dumb dumb. And he tries to pin Perry, so Eddie nails him with the title and declares it a draw. And China deadpans, <laughs> in bracket, the only delivery she knows, uh, that I guess ah, will be a triple threat match at Judgment Day after all. Michael Cole. So was Eddie just softening up his opponents for Sunday? King. Yes, Sherlock. <laughs> uh, you could tell what they were going for here. 
but again, no one cares about Perry versus Dean. Both Perry and Dean deserve to have the referee hit them because they were dumb and ignore the referee and push the referee and use a title belt in front of them. I think the only person here who looked good was Eddie, <laughs> and he was the referee. What do you think? I thought... Um, I wasn't entirely... I don't know whether I missed a bit of the... Uh... The commentary, because I was confused as to... I thought it was a number one contenders match. And then Eddie beat them both up and said, ah, I'll face you both at Judgment Day. I thought, well, that's a bit weird. Surely the solution is to beat them both up and go, oh, well, I've got no opponent. Oh, well, la-di-da. But this is... This smacks of, of China and her and her shitty plans to jump people. That's the, we, we, we laughed a lot about Triple H getting... <laughs> getting bit by a poisonous rattlesnake lol he didn't it was all just a plan so so Triple H could hit him a bit but it was like a long winded plan and it was just like this whole thing of China would have gone to the announcers and said uh, I want to oh, gone to the gone to the back office and said I want to be the ring announcer for Perry and Dean and they'd have gone alright fine oh and Eddie should be the referee and then you go through all the process of Eddie calling the match and just being a bit of a silly about it only just to go bop with the title and then bop with the title again and then go bop. there you go that was the plan all along just to hit them both with the belt I mean it makes sense yeah you're right the way you put it but at the same time it's like you just picture this conversation it's like right we're gonna have a match you guys are gonna have a match he goes wait why would we wait <laughs> what, what's in it for us oh uh, it'll be a singles match instead of a triple threat match oh oh okay yeah you know when you, you say that, that that's fine I actually like that idea Oh, you fooled me, Eddie. Damn you and your inevitable betrayal. <laughs> so I get what you're saying. So you have to fill in the blanks somewhat. And luckily, though, we had China, who's such a clear and concise speaker. You know, she, she did all those uh, children's TV shows like Bagpuss back in the day because she was known for her delivery. <laughs> she was uh, not the smoothest, shall we say. Again, she had one tone. <laughs> Eddie, I couldn't resist. <laughs> You're Latino. <laughs> I can't. Uh, she, like, Sorry. There was something about her voice that, that <laughs> kind of cuts through a little bit sometimes, does it not? Sometimes, yes. But it's the fact that, like her, like Hogan, was like, well, if I can do wrestling promos, I can do acting. I'm like... You can't do rest and promos. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, you say that, but you can't. <laughs> <laughs> now, like, at least Hogan, it's a shame Hogan never did a film where he played a wrestler coked out of his mind in the 80s. <laughs> he did, it was no old bot. Uh, uh, oh, they just, God. They just didn't reference the, the coked part. No, yeah, he was too... He was, oh. I don't know what he was on that. Whatever the opposite of cocaine was, that's what Hogan was on that film. <laughs> I love. Have you I, seen No Holds Barred, by the way? I have, mate, and oh, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. It's, <laughs> I, I wonder. I just want to be in the meeting where they put the whole film together. Hogan walked into the into the into the office of a of a big director and went, "Got an idea, brother, for a film where I I play a wrestler." 
and uh, he's a he's a good guy and he looks out for the little man and he's stopping an evil corporation and they go that sounds a bit like you right now is this not an autobiography no it's not an autobiography i'm playing a, a unique character Okay, so what's the what's the character's name? His name is um his name is Derm. And he looks out the window and he's and, and the office is next to a gravesite and there's tombstones everywhere. His name is Rip Rip His name is Rip Are You sure? Yeah, Rip His catchphrase is Rip them That's the catchphrase. <laughs> Here's some money, Hulk. Go make the film. <laughs> Here's a bag of cocaine, a crayon, and some bits of A4 paper. Come back in a minute. He just comes in, comes back in four hours later, like wild-eyed, powder all over his nose, with 417 crunched-up bits of paper, slams it down on the table and says, get me the guy that played the evil villain in most 90s films. <laughs> Hogan, I've read the script. You've just written down Rip'em on every single page. <laughs> every page just says Rip'em. That's what happens. What? You know what, Hogan? I like it. <laughs> really? Have you, read, have you heard worse than this? Yes. China on the mic. And then we go back to the year of our law 2000. <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Next up, WWF Aggression, the king of rock who, the king of rock what, rewind. And it's HBK making himself the guest referee on Monday Night Raw and proves he can still go by pushing over 50-year-old Vince. This is HBK's first WWF appearance of note since the very start of SmackDown. And the first oh, time is, he's been it? a referee since the ill-fated FMW anniversary show in 99, where he showed up unaware of any rules whatsoever, doing countouts in FMW and the rest is having to stop what they're doing on the outside to go no count out and I'm going eight <laughs> nine no no count out for love of God stop counting 
OHBK, you troublemaker. Christian. Yes, he is now. <laughs> uh, also, the wrestler, now using Edge's theme as the official theme for both of them, I guess, takes on Grandmaster Sexay. It's a very decent singles match, and they're getting steadily longer, as you've noticed. The better matches on SmackDown are as a normal thing, to get normalized, fantastic. But let's face it, Sexay's big bumping style isn't as over as Sexay's worm and facials, who were. However, Christian averts the hip-hop drop by launching him off the top rope and then gets a win after reversing an O'Connor roll with a grab of the tights. And post-recorded commentary explains, no, Christian was about to cheat, but Sexay cheated first, so it was okay. It's okay, Sexay's a good guy. It just didn't translate well. We're sorry about this finish. We're not going to try that ending again. Uh, moving on. Yeah, that was. I was a bit confused by the finish of that, actually. It just got a little bit... Um Messy. Yeah. Uh, Sexay cheated, but it's okay because Christian's a bad guy. Uh, banging it, banging it, banging it, banging it, banging it. Now that's Scotty Duhai's theme. Oh, Grandmaster Sex, they have the same theme. Oh, they did. Oh, no, no, crap. You, no, you, you think, how does the. You know what? That involves whistling, and I can't do it. <laughs> You know, I don't think I can do the two. Can you sing the two cool things we've currently got? Baby, I can't wait. Look up new shoes, I can't wait. It's the two cool theme. See, I was worried it would sound just like this, so I got Tom to do it. It's <laughs> <laughs> got to some of the other great 2000 pop hits and goes, All right, Christian, tonight we're going to see what you look like with a chimney on you. <laughs> Insert chimney on head. Yeah. Then he. <laughs> That, that's his weapon on No Mercy. It's like, oh, the referee's distracted. Oh, an entire chimney to the back of the head of Christian. He got a chimney. He hit it with a chimney. That's what he looks like with a chimney on him. <laughs> Damn it. It took four people. It took four people to pick up the chimney. <laughs> <laughs> Could barely lift it. <laughs> Backstage, some hoe shows up to APA's office. <laughs> some hoe! That's mean, Matt. She's I think a, that, she's a real, she's a real a lady. There's some hoes in this house. There's some <laughs> hoes in this house. There's some hoes in this house. Anyway, she tries using her feminine charms to win the hardcore title, but Bradshaw's word is his word, and he sends the mewling quim out of the here. Mewling quim. Sorry. <laughs> See, I forgot that That's Loki says that in Avengers. Great. He just rants at, um, uh, what's her name? That's some mewling quim. And yeah, yeah, and he's like, get, I will, I will torture you. I'll do this. I'll eviscerate you. I will blah blah blah. Get out of here, you mewling quim. I'm like, what is that? And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Speaking of mewling quims, here's Val Venus. I don't know why he's here. He's got sod and all going on, but it means I get to do his voice again. Uh, <laughs> Val has been suppressed, uh, and he says the regime says they had no plans for him, so he'll make his own damn plans. Uh, 
and, and the fake crowd cheers. Uh. <laughs> Yay! We are glad Valvinus is doing his own thing. Valvinus, it's a very WCW thing to do, isn't it? The old kicking back against the regime type story. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Val's next line uh, is, I would have gotten the push uh, if it wasn't uh, for Dick Flair. <laughs> but my dick knows all about Flair. Anyway. <laughs> Last year, I'm not going to do that voice, it kills. He had IC title around his waist last year, and for a second I thought Val was confusing the IC with the European title. Nope, I forgot he was IC champion in February after beating Ken Shamrock, which already feels like five years ago. It was only 12 months ago. And the big Valbowski wants a title shot on Raw with, quote, whoever the champ is. This brings out current champion Benoit, who was defending against Jericho Judgment Day for context. And it's not often this is said by many people, but Benoit is far superior on the mic. You've got IC Gold. Sorry, you've had IC Gold? Ah, good for you. You've been passed over? Ah, tough break. You want a shot? Ah, I'll give you one. Eh. I know, it's just because Valvinus comes out and does this promo about the man holding me back to. No support whatsoever from the crowd. I'm like, why do we care about you? <laughs> yeah, you're right. You've, you've done nothing. He's been injured uh, for a while. That's why he's he's done that and marry Edge's uh, sister. So it's like, apparently Valvina should have a nice title shot because of that. So Benoit comes out and he's like, uh, sorry to hear that, pal. Do you want a shot or not? <laughs> she was like, oh, Benoit, Benoit killed on this pro. Oh, sorry. Oh, um, easy now. I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't say Actually, that. So, who, who I apologise. I got I got momentarily distracted. And can we return to the discussion on the hoe? <laughs> Not even Tom cares about Val Venus's plight. I really don't. Val can do one. Can we talk about the hoe for a like minute? Like Trotsky, I'm being held back and suppressed. <laughs> uh... Yeah, let's go back to the hoe. Okay, so back to the hoe. I apologise. I got distracted by something on my phone and I missed this. This isn't any ordinary <laughs> wait, hoe. Wait, have you been looking on your phone? Wait, wait, wait. No, something, something popped have up. You... Right, okay, the truth be told, truth be told, I was I was looking to get um, to order a pumpkin spice latte from Uber Eats. But uh, in the process of ordering it, they've stopped taking orders. So putting that to one side and then I've just realised, oh, actually, I meant to bring in a really important point about the Godfather's hoe and I forgot to. <laughs> That's Val, true. you are not getting good reviews. We are getting the best reviews, mate. I can't wait. Hey, I edit this. I might have chopped all that out. No, I should actually <laughs> leave it in because I think many people were like, yeah, you know what, Matthew? As soon as you start talking about Valvinus, I wouldn't just eat. Yeah, <laughs> it was literally just then. I was like, oh, you okay. know what? Because Val was talking, it said, what are you in the mood for? I typed in bloody anything. <laughs> anything but a Valvinus promo. <laughs> Yeah, anything with some content, please. <laughs> the Godfather's hoe is no normal Godfather hoe. <laughs> Just the power of 50 hoes. Just the power of 50 hoes. She can lift a small man. Uh, <laughs> she is Cynthia Lynch. She made her debut as a wrestling valet in December of 96 on the Northeast Independent Circuit. Uh, she was brought into the business by her childhood friend, Dawn Marie, her from off of the EC dub. During 96, she managed Steve Carino and Pat Kenny, who we now know Simon and love Diamond. as Simon Diamond, and Irish Pat Kenny from NWA TNA that time. It was on the 24th of July in 1999 that she picked up a major championship, the NWA New Jersey Junior Heavyweight title from Kevin Knight. 
I know. It was in 99 as well that she <laughs> caught the eye of Tom Pritchard. He was working. Oh as a, God! <laughs> he was working as a talent scout for the WWF at this point. He signed yeah, a developmental contract with her to join the WWF, and he started training her soon after. It was in October of '99 that she made an appearance on Raw as one of the Godfather's hoes, and she was attacked by this. They loved the way she got attacked so much that they sent her to the developmental territory MCW for further training and development. Uh, there, she was in rivalries with like Victoria and Molly Holly and the Cat. And it was in May of 2000, the year of our Lord 2000, that she made her next appearance. It was on Monday Night Raw, just a couple of days before this episode of SmackDown, where she managed to pin Crash Holly to become the WWF Hardcore Champion, albeit very briefly, which explains her interaction with Bradshaw and Crash Holly on this episode of SmackDown. She is the winner of the Hardcore Championship from 2000, as phrased by Lillian Garcia, one of the Godfather's hosts. (laughs) Yes, I do remember that moment. I didn't realise she was that hoe. She is that hoe. She is no ordinary hoe. After this, she went to TNA in 2002 and she managed David Young for a little bit and then after that she went back on the Indies she did Glow uh, WEW a few other bits and pieces and and I think she's done now but there you go the story of the hoe that could the little hoe the little hoe that could brackets become hardcore champion close brackets God, I'm sure. I thought you were going to say she managed David Young for a bit and then she quit wrestling. <laughs> well, I'm not saying the two events are, are connected, but, but they might be connected. Wow. That's good. It was, again, what a show this was. The continuity. <laughs> a passing reference to that one hoe. And now they're using that to show that, no, not even you, that one hoe, are going to get Crash Holly sleeping because we're the APA and we're always pounding asses. <laughs> Always pounding asses. All right, damn it. Oh, let's get back to unsuppressing the big Valboski. <laughs> let's Sorry, take yeah. the wrapper off the big Valboski and let it rip. Oh, yeah, you whatever. do that. I'm going to try and order another Starbucks. Yeah, yeah anyway. Tom, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> help, help. I'm being suppressed. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You crack on, mate. Oh, pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> <laughs> The only pumpkin... Uh, <laughs> is in my pants! I get wait, that wait. scene too, lad. I have to think... Wait, uh... Mm, sex, pumpkin. Um, <laughs> I have to think... Sex, pumpkin. Um, <laughs> sex, we... pumpkin was a great indie band. I love sex, pumpkin. I have all that EP. Sod it. I'll, uh... I'll stuff your pumpkin with, oh wait, no, you <laughs> with my you spicy latte. Wait, no, wait, come back. Can, can you come back next week? <laughs> I'll have something. Anyway, uh, this somehow does not lead to Valvina's getting an icy title match. And here comes Chris Jericho to spar one of Benoit's only good promos. Jim Jericho pronounces it Benoit, which is what I used to before I watched TV. Same. I went, oh, it's Benoit. Spelt Benoit because the English language and says the crippler will become the crippled at Y2 Judgment Day. So he'll be the one that defends against Val on Monday Night Raw the Sunday afterwards. They all want to defend against Val, I guess, because he's easy <laughs> to night off for many people. But wait, here comes Hardcore Holly. 
shut your hole, Jericho. <laughs> and now Hardcore thinks he wants a title shot on Raw as well. Jericho realizes there's four dudes here, so why don't they team up together? There we go, nice and simple, nice. Tay Long style stuff there. And then weirdly enough, Jericho goes after Holly, and they're both wearing the same pink and blue color scheme. Venus and Benoit go at it, and they both have the same purple and black color scheme going on. I do not know what that was about. <laughs> I don't know if they did that backstage and when they were like, oh, they, they're dressed the same. Why is that? <laughs> is this a little thing you noticed, or are you currently on um, Uber to take you off a bridge? <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. <laughs> hey, carry on, Val. Anyway, so quick action until Hardcore hits Jericho with a chair while Jericho has Benoit in the walls of Jericho. Hardcore then stares Benoit down and chair shots him before going after his leg for good measure. Hardcore should just forever be lingering over icy title matches like a bad smell forever. It kind of what he does, except with a small occasion a couple of years later where he lingers over the, the WWF championship picture. <laughs> Damn it, what are we going to do for this show? We've already used Val Venus. He's our usual go-to guy because he's been suppressed. Damn it, we need hardcore Holly. <laughs> I'm coming for you, Brock. Oh, wow. Okay. And who can forget Bruce Pritchard's impression the one time he said, like, hey, hardcore, do you have any ideas? He went, yeah. How about I win the title? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. And then what? Then I beat everybody. <laughs> right, thank, thank you, Hardcore. I'll, I mean, I'll take that. I'll take that for consideration. As ideas go, it's pretty strong if, if you're Hardcore Holly or a fan of Hardcore Holly. Absolutely, yeah. What, what should Hardcore Holly do? Beat up everybody. <laughs> I can get behind that idea. And then what? And then, and then say, don't piss me off. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that was Jeff Jarrett. No. That was Jeffrey Jarrett's. No, that became a meme on, uh, oh Christ, 420-chan years ago. It became... <laughs> Like, oh, I don't know. You forgot to fill up the coffee machine after you used it. This pissed off Bob Holly. There's <laughs> just people replying endlessly to it. Like, I don't you, remember that. I don't remember the, the glory that is the Bob Holly uh, <laughs> meme from back. You had in the to day. be there, I guess. But oh like, man, you you forgot you you crossed the road before the traffic lights turn green. This pisses off Bob Holly. Begin <laughs> 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 the joke that everything would annoy Bob Holly. Anyway, we'll move on. Edge comes out for his match with Rikishi while accompanied by Angle and a Detroit Red Wings hockey gear. Oh, it's also the SmackDown debut of, quote, for the benefit of those with flash photography, and it's a new pose. Edge unrobes a Colorado whatever's the rival team of the Detroit Red Wings and scores a puck right through Christian's legs. The crowd boos whilst at the same time furiously taking flash photography. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. The new change in personality here for Edge and Christian absolutely uh, put them at another level, I think, because already killing it in the ring. But now it's like, oh, now they've got personalities and they're funny and they're hanging out with Kurt Angle. Brilliant. Uh, the match is very brief. Rikishi immediately puts Edge in the corner and Stink faces him. But Christian gives him the hockey goalkeeping helmet so he's able to no-sell it. Rikishi realizes and puts the, uh, the mask on himself, even though it kind of smells like his ass. And Angle and crew running for the DQ for maybe about 30 seconds. 
it doesn't matter because we get the two cool afterwards dancing along to that weird song that Tom was singing. Oh, no, wait, no, we don't. Yeah, there we go. But wait, whoa, no, ECK attack them mid-dance and then they carry on the dance. I loved it. There was barely any wrestling and it was all mint. What did you think, Tom? Oh, it was fine. Uh, Edge, Kurt and Christian are just a phenomenal team. Like, they're just so... They just fit together so well and they'll make some wonderful memories as they go forward. Like, Edge and Christian being involved with Kurt Angle raises their stock. I think Kurt Angle's stock is raised by being with them as well. They just come across as a great trio. And uh, I'm excited to see what they do. I think Edge and Christian have just become such great heels so quickly. Like, this is the part... they This part of them was bursting to come out, it seems, for a long time. And it's great to see it actually happening. They're brilliant here. And the match was short. It was fine. Um, we set up nicely. I think they, I think it's a six-man tag at Judgment Day, isn't it, with Edge, Christian, Kurt, is. and Too Cool and the Lads, which is, which is a smashing setup. It is, yes, and they, they dance along to the hit song there, uh, Them Girls, Them Girls by Zig and Zag. Anyway, Edge comes out for... No, 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 where am I? Backstage, Crash Holly is still sleeping. Good stuff. And now, Metaform. That's right, <laughs> Metaform. Feed them to your lugs to get mega lugs. Because you can't put them on yourself because it's illegal. Shame at man hitting show with a chair and then landing on the back of his head on WF.com sign. Metaform.com, a bigger, more media website than WF.com. <laughs> See, I write these down a few days earlier than I read them. So sometimes I surprise myself. I'm like, what was I? <laughs> I put Metaform here and cut the letters and there's one, two, three, six M's on the end. <laughs> Metaform, if your mum took Ica Pro. <laughs> if you've been a bad lad, your mum will give you a metaphor. <laughs> yeah. Have a spoonful of metaphor. Make your bones stronger. <laughs> you don't no, do your homework. I don't want to do it. I don't want to. Don't, don't give me a spoonful of metaphor. Come on. Um, here comes the train. No. <laughs> not going to have it. It'll make you feel better. It'll make you feel. I feel fine. No, you don't. Get this down your gullet. <laughs> It's the same. There's there's families in America in the year 2000 that instead of having the the seven seas cod liver oil in their cupboards, they've got metaphor. It's like, look, you've got two choices clean your room or heart palpitations. (laughs) I love the heart palpitations. (laughs) Backstage, Joe Briscoe and Joe C go to see the APA. Ah, all right. Stepping in the time machine of the year of our law 2000. Joe C was uh, known for being Kid Rock's hype man. The reason for this is because Joe C was, and as they play him here, he's 25. He looks about eight due to having some soft condition. It's a, it's a severe form of celiac disease, which That's is caused stunting and dwarfism. So he never got as tall as three foot nine. Boyaka, boyaka. Anyways, here, Briscoe treats Joe like a kid, and Josie puts out, no, 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 I'm not a kid, swears at, swears at him, and then drinks booze. He was 25 here, just to, to point out. Uh, him and APA leave to party as they go, well, it has been an hour. He paid us for an hour. Crash his party's up. 
and they all leave and Gerald looks at Crash and well it's the big show <laughs> let's leave that let's put a pin in that for later yeah <laughs> and big show is here for his no DQ match with Shane McMahon Shane McMahon however has forgotten his gear oh hate when so that happens. kind of the match you know how it is he has that proper wrestling gear that you just can't get anywhere else and he wants to see if he is indeed the big slow and see if he can run the Shane McMahon gauntlet his TNA and shows like phew I was worried for a second there <laughs> I thought it was going to be a real opponent for thank TNA. God God Woo! He Th- dodged the bullet, Shane. lads. Oh. <laughs> anyway, showstoppers take them both out. But hey, show, guess what? Not only will you take on TNA, you'll also be taking on Big Boss Man and Bull Buchanan. <laughs> wow, Shane, you're making, <laughs> making it easier and easier. Thank you. <laughs> who's, who's being punished here? <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, they get dunked too. And X-Pac and Road Dog also show up, and he gets attacked in the corner. But Big Show does that thing that you see in films, and wrestling does this occasion with Braun Strowman and the like. There's like six people beating on Big Show at the same time, and Big Show goes, and he puts his arms up, and they're all <laughs> repelled across the ring. That's you know a classic what, big lad move, in it? Yeah, you know what, Tom? It's stupid, it's ridiculous, it doesn't make any sense, and I love it every time I see it. <laughs> Shane McMahon hits him with a chair and Big Show gets mugged by the Lilliputians <laughs> and with the help of a chair and TNA Shane is able to deliver a chokeslam to Big Show and pins him a very effective little segment here Shane McMahon the little turd that won't flush and just the idea that he had all these guys help him hit a chokeslam on Big Show but very enjoyable and also it's our favourite character on the show a little man named Test so Tom what did you think of it I'm sad that Big Show wasn't in the video game No Mercy because we would have had the Simba Slam in No Mercy if he was which oh. is when, which was the aforementioned Shane McMahon standing on a chair and dropping to the ground with Big Show with the help of 400 other people the Simba Slam as <laughs> Jerry Lawler called it I thought this was fine. This was a nice setup for their match on Sunday. I seem to remember their match on Sunday. Whilst it was a bit of a uh, a cluster, it was fine. Like it was, it was exactly what it needed to be. Yes, exactly. And uh, Tess was in this match. I was in the Shane McMahon gauntlet. <laughs> I was going to put in effort, but I said sod it. <laughs> I helped Shane McMahon do a choke slam. <laughs> even though his wife, his, his sister is Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> she said she'd play Sonic 3 with me. <laughs> but then she maybe play his tales. <laughs> this is now Tess sings the classics. <laughs> I got it. I think we'll go back to crap uh, gaming references soon. But I can't, you know, you sing a bit of a song, you, you can't get the, the, the thing out of your head for ages. <laughs> I, I, I'm familiar with it, yeah. Yeah. Backstage, Gerald Briscoe gets a referee, sneaks him into the yacht. <laughs> and again, here in a separate segment, they sneak in through the door. <laughs> 
It's, it's good, isn't it? It's just yeah. subtle stuff like that just always yeah. makes me smile. Coming through the door, it tells me, shh, be quiet. I'm on sneak up. Yeah, yeah, right? They sneak up on Crash Holly's still sleeping. And again, I should point out, Crash Holly's been sleeping on the floor next to his bag like he's a, <laughs> like he's a kid. Like he's Joe C. <laughs> they sneak up on Crash still sleeping. And commentators go quiet for this as well. I love that because so, Jerry Lawler's talking. Joe Briscoe's cold that hushes Joe, Joe, Joe Briscoe. Joe Briscoe's. <laughs> so Joe Briscoe gently covers Crash Holly, who is 24 7 hardcore champion, so he's defending it. Referee goes, one, two, three. <laughs> Briscoe celebrates in silence, going, yeah. <laughs> Joe Briscoe's with the hardcore died. <laughs> and they sneak out. However, the referee accidentally trips over a chair. And by the way, go back and look at it, because, I mean, I know, yeah, it's, okay, look, this isn't the most well-acted thing ever, but the referee is like, where's that chair, where's the chair? Oh, there it is. Oh, whoops. <laughs> I think the referee <laughs> was in on it. Adds. The referee was in on it. He was sabotaging. He thought this wasn't very fair and crash, Ollie. <laughs> but anyway, again, this little moment of silliness adds to this, because it's already ridiculous. It trips over a chair on the way out, and... Oh, waking up Crash Holly like one of the guards in Metal Gear Solid instantly spots Briscoe's title so makes chase Ring. yeah and they run all the way to the ring with the cameraman following and we've got another title defence on our hands Briscoe's right hands are enough to take down Crash even with one hand holding the hardcore title <laughs> yes what a man however Patterson shows up oh no and distracts him so he can get a bin to the head and then, oh, no, 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 no. Patterson tries the stink face, which apparently is the new gimmick in WWF, but Crash Holly hits him in the balls and then the butt <laughs> as Joe Briscoe runs away. Remember, kids, when Moolah isn't available, just call Patterson. <laughs> it better call Pat. Apart from uh, Patterson's ass. This was a great segment, and I still remember this from years earlier. It's just funny how we're we're talking about it now. Obviously, this is the uh, it's been in the last week or so that Joe Briscoe has been let go from WWE after thirty odd years or more with the company. Like, it's uh, just lovely timing that we're doing this here. It's nice to see Gerald Briscoe just having a laugh with this. I always love the Gerald Briscoe thing where he became the hardcore champion. Just sort of parading around with this southern drawl, like, I'm the best hardcore champion of all time. With his shirt and tie, his shirt and trousers on. Oh, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. Pat Patterson just loved getting his ass out at this point. It just, like, I know he was told to, but I think he loved it as well. And, uh... Oh, Patterson, the, 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 this would lead to the mega powers of Patterson and Briscoe exploding in a couple of weeks' time. <laughs> you know what? The build-up to this was fantastic, and then we had that, that match to look forward to. But who cares? It's the year 2000. Even the bad stuff's good. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, Kevin Kelly will be talking to The Rock soon, but let us remind you of how controversial HBK is. And also who HBK is. <laughs> yeah, it's a good. we need to be told who he is as well. Yeah, uh, we got a recap from Raw. Uh, HBK feels bad about superkicking The Rock on the first ever SmackDown to help Triple H retain, and HBK resigns as commissioner because of it. Oh, yeah. He kind of was commissioner, wasn't he? Yeah, we, f we do forget that he was the commissioner. Well, that'll happen when you're not on TV for nine months. <laughs> 
Anyway, he resigns as commissioner because of it and explains Linda invited him to this episode of Raw. Oh, okay. Thanks for wrapping up those plot holes. Uh, I was going to say, like, uh, he was the commissioner. He went off for a bit. Oh. Looks like there'll be a, a hole open there for a new commissioner later on. Ooh, Just saying. For reals? But I was, I'm still taken aback by this, even though the continuity in this show is, is tremendous. And that's why it's fun to watch this every week, even years later, because you just go, oh, I remember that from last week. They remembered this from nine months ago. They remembered that, that little thing. Oh, yeah, he is the commissioner. No one's cared about it. Nowadays, they go, uh, who? Oh, yeah, exactly. It would have been, they would have just been scrubbed from memory. What's a commissioner? This is, a, we now have a GM of Raw. Mm. A we gum, have a board of directors. A gime? What's a gime? We have a Lord Mayor and a Lord Mayor's groupier. <laughs> groupier. Lord Mayor's groupier. What position of power hasn't been done in a wrestling event yet that should? I do think we need a mayor in a wrestling promotion. The mayor of the company, or, or yeah, or the, the mayor. Maybe you just if you had Raw and SmackDown, you'd have the mayor of Raw and the mayor of SmackDown. <laughs> or alternatively, if you wanted to make it a more convoluted power structure, like each episode, each each brand has its own MP. <laughs> oh. And they meet on a. You can do a live stream on a Tuesday where they all meet and discuss issues within each of their brands. <laughs> and there's uh, there's Triple H who's the MP for NXT. Well, I think Tommaso uh, Champ has gone too far. He needs to be sorted out. And there's William Regal as the Madam Speaker, who just says War Games. And that is how we get around here. What po- yeah, what position of power do we need to see in a wrestling company that we haven't seen yet? Well, I like your idea because then it would be like, uh, Raw's looking very bad. I see uh, Triple H. Got put through a table by the rock. Mm, shame, shame. Up here. Uh, oh yeah. On SmackDown, we saw Patson's ass again. What are you going to do about it? And what do you think NXT? I don't exist yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a nice idea. I would go with position of power. Uh, the corrupt official. Oh. But not in the sense that, like, I'm evil, but the guy who could be bribed. <laughs> I did this last week. It's like, why is the Godfather getting a world title shot? And it cuts back to, you know, whoever the commissioner is, whoever the, the, the junior vice president is, and he's just surrounded by hoes. It's like, I just, I just like the Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that he deserves it. Anyway, uh, with that recap of who, who Shawn Michaels is, and I think it's very needed... Because I could barely remember Val Venus's IC title run from last year. HBK isn't as prevalent as he was in his current era going in. So I think this, this little reminder of who Shawn Michaels was and is definitely needed. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we go back to The Rock, who is here. Yay! Yay! And The Rock is incensed. Why, why is he mad? Triple H has now declared that DQs and countouts count as falls. What? <laughs> Wait, what? I thought they were always falls. Yeah, I always thought they were as well. So what, are you Are you telling me? Are you telling me that all this time, if I was in a an Iron Man match, and if I got disqualified, it wouldn't count towards anything? According to The Rock. What? Wrestling historian. But there have only been 
Let's see. Iron, televised Ironman matches at this point in WWF history. One. Yeah. So Uno. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and I guess there were no um, there were no falls at all in that one. So there's no precedent set. No, we have a president set. His name's Jack Tunney. Hey, furthermore. Uh, no, no, no. Anyway, it's The Rock. So he doesn't need logic. He just tells Triple H to go lick a monkey censored. Because <laughs> what else is he going to say? Thank you, Triple H. The Rock thinks that's a good idea. The Rock respects your sportsmanship. <laughs> uh, the Rock doesn't forgive or forget about HBK. Well, most of the crowd have done the second thing. And then Rock points out that they've done every match apart from Iron Man. Just gives it that little, like, yeah, this is it. This is the last chapter of the Rock Triple H story. And it kind of was for a while. So, yeah. It's The Rock. He also does smell a la la and, and so goes The Rock is cooking. He goes, go see The Mummy 2. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had the, uh, Alex was watching The Mummy 2 yesterday at time of recording. Oh, and poor woman. The CGI in that is something special to behold. And there's an amazing bit where you have... The uh, the rocks CGI scorpion fighting Brendan Fraser, and they end up fighting over a pit. And at one point, it's like Brendan Fraser's falling down the pit, and he grabs onto the Scorpion King to hold him from stopping from falling into this pit into his doom. And he holds him there for a couple of seconds, and then here comes the guy uh, who was summoning the Scorpion King, the bold guy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And he slides in and does the most dramatic no that I've ever seen. It's really out of place, and it's a highlight of the last part of the film. I do recommend you watch it just for the the immense overacting that goes on in that particular bit. You know, I think I know the exact bit you're talking no! about. No. Well, obviously because it's all CGI at that point. I think like, look, look, do a really dramatic no, and it's like, all right, well, there's gonna be something really, spe- really special then. And then he probably saw this at the premiere. It's like, oh, <laughs> if I could see that, <laughs> I wouldn't have reacted the way I did. Go on, react to that. All right, bugger. Oh dear. Didums. <laughs> yeah, the Mummy Two. Not even a comparison to how good Mummy 1 was. Everyone remembers the crap CGI gets brought up a bit. The CGI suits the rest of that film, all right? Mm-hmm. But Mummy 1 was awesome. That's all I'm saying. You know what else is awesome? The feeling of a fresh RC Maximum Edge Power Cola. Oh, it's refreshing, isn't it? It certainly is. And it involves Tori giving Bubba Dudley a splash through a table. Wow, what an amazing <laughs> moment brought to you by RC Maximum Power, the King of Rock who, the King of Rock what? Lugs, milk, <laughs> army men, world at war, menadrome, still illegal in 50 states, test sucks a Pokemon <laughs> yellow because he can't get past Brock, cola. Shasta McNasty. I was having a good day that day when I wrote that, bloody hell. Um, <laughs> Uh, with all those adverts, wow, you know what? If only something, something I could re- say. Do we have an audible link? We do. Wow, with audible, I wish I could. Uh, uh, um, if, there was some, if there was one more sponsor to that splash Tory gave Bubba Dudley, I think that would make it the highlight of the night. Oh, so if we had something we could push, like Audible, where you could sign up at coltaholly.com slash Audible, get a free audiobook on us, like Brock Lesnar's Death Clutch, or maybe uh, JR's from Under the Black Hat. And if you subscribe to Audible for 30 days and you don't like it, you can, you can unsubscribe, won't cost you a penny, you can keep the book on us, coltaholly.com slash Audible, something like that. Something like that? Nah, yeah. we haven't, mate. Oh. Oh, well. Cultaholicshop.com! <laughs> 
We have new lines coming soon. In fact, Adam took a look at some of the new lines on our YouTube channel just the other night. You can check it out there, cultaholicshop.com. Yeah, and if you post a picture of yourself wearing any of these things and tag us all in, we will like that tweet. We will like the bejesus out of it. We will. We'll like it as much as RC, maximum power, the king of rock who, the mummy too is bad. Test sucks. Not just a Pokemon yellow, but at life. Dot com, snowball, menadrome, put lugs on your head, stick a deck chair in your nose, buy a jumbo jet and then bury all your clothes. It's time for the main event, Tom. Matthew.exe has stopped working. <laughs> It's The Rock versus the Dudleys in a Lumberjack Tables Handicap match. There we go. The Lumberjacks head out for the main event, and it's the usual baddies around the ring with the Duds tagging in and out. Even though it's a Lumberjack Handicap Tables match, they do not want to be disqualified by the referee for violating the tag laws that were set in place by WWF. Bubba gets dunked outside, but get this, Tom. Get this, loyal listeners. The baddies beat him up. Instead of rolling him in the ring. Oh, no. It's the one thing they didn't want to happen in a Lumberjack match. <laughs> I think people listening to this can shut their eyes and visualize the rest of the match and get a pretty decent guess about how it goes. Eventually, the Rock and Duds both get sick of going outside and getting beaten up by the baddies, and they think, F it, and storm the Lumberjacks because it's only TNA and Boston Bull. <laughs> The Rock knocks down Gerald Briscoe, who is, has his normal clothes on and the hardcore title around his waist. Ha ha ha. I love Briscoe. Devon puts Test through a table with a dramatic dive, and Triple H gets hit in the dick. X-Pac and Rodog put the duds through tables thanks to Tori's interference, and two more tables get set up. The Rock is able to beat The Rock and knock down five dudes and put Bull through a table with a spine buster. X-Pac saves Triple H getting put through another table, and Triple H rock bottoms the rock through a table to end it. The setless on the weird, weird world to Judgment Day 2000. Do you have anything to say about the main event that can be said? A fine main event. I thought it was all right. Dudley's in the rock. Could see the Dudley's in the mix of the main event. It's nice to see. Uh, there's new people coming through, and you could feel that energy from it. So to see the Dudley's mixing it up with the rock was really cool. And obviously, rock getting the one up on the old go home show uh, sets us up for Judgment Day quite nicely, which we will be doing a watch along of. With uh, Justin Henry and Matthew Gregg. There he oh, is Justin there. Henry's going to join us. Of course Yay. he is. He doesn't know it yet. I'm going to ask him later. Uh -huh. but, he, but we're going to be watching Judgment Day 2000, uh, watch along style. It'll be the next episode of the SmackDown Review podcast. So next time you watch, next time you come here on a Tuesday, you'll have the Judgment Day 2000 watch along. We've been very watch along heavy over the last yeah. month, haven't we? Backlash, Insurrection, Judgment Day. It's like modern day WWE with a pay-per-view every 10 minutes. It certainly is. Yeah, you'll be able to listen to that the day after everyone's done their thing for Clash of Champions this Sunday. <laughs> it's just, it's never-ending. No, by the time this comes out, Clash of oh, Champions... Oh, no, yeah, you're right. Sorry, I beg your pardon. No, we're more focused on this thing in 2000 with Too Cool taking on Team ECK, Eddie Guerrero defending against Team Malenko and Perry Saturn for the European title, Shane O'Mac versus Big Show falls count anywhere, Benoit versus Jericho submission match for the IC title, DX versus the Duds in a tag team tables match, and of course the Iron Man 60 minute DQs now count as falls, so do countouts, not sure that was a thing, no draw, 
Shane McMahon, Shane McMahon, Shawn Michaels is special guest referee, Triple H McMahon, for all the bacon. And handfuls of bacon coming your way. Matthew, what did you remember about this episode of SmackDown? Most of it, to be honest with you. I mean, Christ, there's so many great moments. Uh, I'm going to go with Crash Holly getting pinned whilst asleep. No. That, it's just... It's such good crap. <laughs> if that makes sense. Because there's a wrestling thing, yeah. Like, uh, no, no, it doesn't even count in ratings or anything else like that. But it's entertainment. Everyone's playing their characters so well. We have not only Crash Holly, the best he ever was, as the hardcore champion 24-7, trying to run away and just save, save himself every episode, which is fantastic. Uh, we have the APA doing their gimmick. And they're doing it very well. Look, pay, I'll give you some money, you can defend this, and no one misses the APA, so they look good. Gerald Briscoe gets the rub because he's <laughs> that, Mr. That Mr. youngster McMahon. gets the rub. Yeah. Yeah, because he's a funny comedy. He could be a, a little character to get hit by, you know, when someone brawls with the uh, regime. And he also gets a little thing here for him to do something, so he's still a part of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pat Patterson also gets the rub. Maybe he shouldn't have got it, but there we are. And also, The Ho. <laughs> get a look in in this segment that's five people five gimmicks five talents five entertainment things all getting a rub of one, seg- uh, one, one segment one series of segments throughout one show it's awesome nice I, I from this one uh, away from the hoe becoming uh, the the the, the the, not the hoe, the stooge. Sounds a bit like hoe. The stooge becoming the hardcore champion. Only Mr. McMahon could call me a hoe. <laughs> um, I like the main event. The Rock and the Dudley Stable match felt like a big deal. I like that. And I also I also remembered the Simba Slam. <laughs> Weirdly. I remember Shane McMahon doing this choke slam off the chair. That's the one thing I remember from bit more than most things from this. What did you forget from this show? I forgot Shane McMahon bouncing off the WWF.com. He took a right bump, didn't he? It's it's amazing seeing everyone go, well, yeah, he got bumped. Mate, he goes up, gets dunked, and then takes a back bump on the the corrugated floor, whatever the hell you call that, of the Titantron. Of the Titantron, of the entranceway, whatever. I can't can't speak now, it's the end of the podcast. Um, (laughs) And it's like, well, that was a thing. And you're like, bloody hell, no wonder you couldn't wrestle on this SmackDown. God. Anyway, the, those crazy bumps became very normalised for Shane McMahon. But what did you forget, Tom? Uh, from this one, um, I actually forgot the... I forgot how much I enjoyed Angle and Scotty, and that's a random one. I enjoyed Angle and Scotty as a, as a singles match. I forgot they oh. had a brief dalliance as a sing, in a singles competition. I enjoyed that immensely. So, other than that, as you say, it was quite a memorable episode of SmackDown. There wasn't much that, that passed my uh, my recollection when we sat to watch it, which was, which was really good. Good episode. Yeah, well said, Tom. Yeah, a good episode with a good guy... And some good listeners too. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as tens of them rambling incoherently and the bad singing to go along with it. Uh, please let us know if you enjoyed this episode. If you think Val Venus is being repressed, you can of course leave all the feedback. Your and code word. Wonderful things currently happening. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yes. Of course. The code word. I almost forgot. Thank you. My people be sending me bloody messages about skim milk and pepper army. <laughs> The code word is um, courgette. 
<laughs> it's what you're gonna have with your, your pumpkin spice latte. Oh, mate, I've got to get on that, try and order one now, because I can feel myself flagging. But until next time, when we do the Judgment Day 2000 watch along, he is at Matthew Greg on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we are at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. <gasps> Anything is better than Valvinus being repressed. Love you, bye. No, no, uh, pumpkin. Shut I'm up, gonna Val. Take I'm your, ordering your, a drink. No, no, I wrote this down. Don't, don't cut me off. <laughs> uh. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 